I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard like a hawk. We're on them. They are not getting away with anything, except, you know, that we can't. We just tell you guys about it. We don't do anything. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm the host. With me this week is my fantastic co-host, Ann Stickney. And what have you been up to in the game lately, or in any games, or in anything? <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of hawks, last week there was a red-tailed hawk that was flying around outside, because I guess it's that time of year now. And the only reason we knew about it was because the other birds in the area were freaking out, and we couldn't figure out why, and then we saw it fly by the deck. It's pretty cool. It was a little guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still sad that I've never had a repeat of the day that I was walking from my house to the nearby shopping mall. I think you and... talked about this, like, not too long yeah. ago. Yeah. So I missed that, but I haven't seen anything. Other than the, the, the owl I saw fairly recently, I haven't seen much of anything lately. Uh, but... I've seen a lot of bunnies, and oh yeah, there's bunnies everywhere. We've been taking pictures. It's they're they're out and they're they're mad looking. <laughs> they I'm... look kind of mad. I'm waiting for the baby bunnies to show up because the baby bunnies always show up like within the next month or so. There should be baby bunnies all over the place, and they're so cute. They're tiny. They they are they are. But yeah, baby it's... rabbits are most adorable. It's the time of year where we don't know if it's spring or winter yet or the weather doesn't yeah, just, anyway because it changes the, yeah. on a dime despite anyway the, fact that it's May. <laughs> the last week or so i haven't actually been doing a lot of gameplay stuff because i've been doing a lot of organization stuff at home which involves going through cabinets and things that i haven't gone through in years and years and years and going what is this when did this show up here this was before i moved back here why is this here <laughs> and like taking things to goodwill so yeah that's been Oh, and remember I said I was going to get a drone? My drone showed up. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. I had to, like, charge the batteries on it and everything, and then I got distracted by organization. So I still have to play with it, but I'm very excited. It's small. It's like a little baby drone. I've decided to call it Stanley for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's been a week. I'm sorry. It just hasn't been that exciting, you guys. <laughs> not every, you know, not everything can be exciting. I, I for myself, I have I'm in the grips of my Assassin's Creed Odyssey addiction again because they put out a, a new DLC called The Fate of Atlantis, and it's huge. Um, I still have not finished this DLC. It's that big, um, and I play like I play like a good two hours a day because I I do have other things I want to do with my life um, than play Assassin's Creed. Amazingly enough, but I just it's amazing. It, they they did a lot with the art design. There's there's a quest in particular. There's one part in this quest where I can, I'm I'm playing as Cassandra. There's one. I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that when when I'm, you're, she's having a conversation with this character, and he wants her to go out and kill a bunch of people so that this per, other person will love him. And your response is her response is just dead on perfect for the modern era. She goes, "You think because you're obsessed with this person that they they owe you their love." Well, they don't love you, and they're never going to love you. And it's just Ooh. like, yeah, she just, you know, just lays it out on him. And of course, he attacks her, and they have a fight because it's a role playing game. So, wait, but also, did he want her to kill the other people because they were competition, or because no, the person no, that no. they loved wanted these people dead, or the uh, the person that they love is theoretically in danger from these people, so he wants okay. them murdered. So he was saving. This person. Yeah, he, he thinks he's saving this person, but this person has not asked for his help, does not really need his help. And so it's is sort of like fit- um, going to save Moira <laughs> in Blackrock Depths. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, except not even that. It's more like going to save Maleficent. Like, you know, this, the person in charge doesn't need you, dude. She's got an army. Yeah, she's quite capable of coming to me and she has come to me and say, yeah, I want you to kill this person. And if you do it, th- that's the other thing. There, there's like real hard choices in this, ex- this expansion. Just, this is just the first part. There are two more parts coming, but just this part, there's, there's a bit in the main game where somebody you love dies. Like, in fact, that happens a couple of times you lose people that you love. It's just, it's something that happens in the story. She's flat out offers to resurrect one of them. If you kill somebody very important to you, ooh, and it's like, ah, and I've played through it a couple of different ways. You can choose to do it. You can choose not to do it. There's like ramifications and repercussions either way. But it's just like, this is a game that really does actually take the idea of there are consequences to your actions and ramps it up. And I've, I've like, I, I, I really need to get this game at some point, I guess. They're going to, they're going to have, you know, Christmas is coming up. They're going to have an edition. Well, they usually do people. like, they usually do like a, a summer sale type thing on Steam. And I don't know if, Assassin's I don't expect Creed that because Steam. no, it's, it's I doubt it will when, be because they've got their own thing, but yeah. Usually when they do the do Steam it. summer sale, other game companies start throwing things on sale too. Well, I know that they had they had a sale a few months back that was just a if you haven't gotten the game yet sale. I'm positive by Christmas they're going to do another one, um, just because by 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 the end of summer this this DLC will come out and that's supposedly the end of Assassin's Creed DLC, except for possibly the rumored. Then there's a rumor of like them a, having. Did they do the? Did they win Game of the Year? I don't remember. No, they were in con- they were in contention for it, but okay. they didn't get no, it. No, it was Red Dead Redemption again, Two, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. It's re- this is the year where Red Dead Redemption Two and God of War came out. So yeah, there was a lot of competition. Yeah, but I think it was. But it's Red been Dead it's Redemption been in the hunt. That picked it up. I don't remember. Probably, there's been a lot like this game has been up there with those games in several award categories. It's just always 
you know, one of those two is usually the one taking it, um, unfortunately. But I think this oh, is one of the best RPGs. Chat channel is out. saying God of War was the one that lost game or won game of the year. So okay, it was God of War. I there were so many good games last year. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to remember. <laughs> it's it's really it's the the problem is is that there it says it's it's, it's kind of been. A, a real chock full like 2018 was a chock full year in terms of releases so yeah it's this game is kind of got longevity that the other ones don't really seem to have because they, it has dlc coming out so regularly uh god of war doesn't really have anything coming out so i don't know i i really enjoy this game i've been playing a lot of it so that's that i've been doing a world of warcraft more i've been back on my elf i'm back on my my i can't say the word because we're recording but back on my beep with my elf here, because, you know, she's cool. Oh, and I like... okay. I was yeah, like, you know the word I'm does, not saying. Where does the swear come in? Oh, okay, that's where it goes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about, like, actual WoW stuff. And There's Blizzard stuff been and all that. a bunch of, like, Blizzard stuff that's happened. So, yeah. Um... All right, first, first story I think I'm going to mention is the one that's first in the list on the email. Uh, Blizzard is not doing Gamescom this year. Which, uh, and that's a big deal for a couple of reasons. One, I'm going to let you go, Anne, since you had something. Yeah. Well, and Blizz, BlizzCon, or, or Blizzard has been at Gamescom how many years now? Uh, since 2009. Yeah, since it began, really. And, and Blizzard's not going to be there. So that's really weird because usually what they do at Gamescom traditionally is they have uh, some kind of animated short that they release. Like the Bastion short was released there, uh, May's short Rise and Shine that was shown there. Um, I think Hearthstone, there was a Hearthstone one that was shown there, and then they even announced Legion at Gamescom, which was like people weren't expecting that. They actually announced the expansion there, but I mean, even before that. They released the cinematic trailers for like Warlords of Draenor, and I think for Miss of Pandaria, that was also at Gamescom too. So they they typically do a lot of stuff at Gamescom, which makes it really weird because it's been, I mean, they've been there since two thousand nine, so it's been like nine years. It'd be ten years this year, but they're not doing it. I they said that they're trying to cut costs and focus on development, and that's that's why. Um, and I guess I kind of understand that. I guess. But it's kind of a bummer for all those people in Europe because Gamescom is like the biggest game convention, period. So it's kind of a bummer. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's interesting to me, um, both on the regard that it has been their big summer like news dump. Yeah, it's, it's been that way forever. It's if if you wanted to know what Blizzard was up to before the eventual BlizzCon. Gamescom has been where they've told you it's yeah because they where didn't typically do E3 if they did E3 it was like a little offhand panel like they do late a talk. in the day yeah they yeah, do like, like they... a talk and like Heroes of the Storm I remember them mentioning like new heroes for Heroes of the Storm I think they did some Overwatch stuff at a PAX once I'm not sure um, yeah it was before Overwatch Games, came yeah. out but Gamescom has been their big Here's what we've got coming out thing. They promoted Diablo on the Switch at Gamescom. They they did the uh the I oh I can't remember the name of the the map. The one that they had the Bastion not the Bastion short, the uh the uh Reinhardt short. They when they did the Reinhardt oh, short, they did that. Eichenwald, yeah. Yeah, they did they did Eichenwald at uh at Gamescom. So they've done a lot. Like Hearthstone, a lot of Heroes of the Storm stuff has been at, at Gamescom. 
And I, I mean, I get that they've slowed down on the game on Heroes of the Storm, but they still they're still putting out heroes. So I was expecting something. Um, it's it is surprising. Uh, I think I think it was Liz. Part... Liz pointed out that they haven't even like we haven't heard anything about Diablo Immortal since last BlizzCon. No, and I think that. And... Maybe part of it, when they say that they're they're cutting costs and focusing on development, I think part of that is, I don't know if they really have any major game releases planned this year. I mean, yes, they're coming out with WoW Classic at some point, but that's not really what I would call a quote-unquote new game release. It's just bringing Classic back, right? And Well, then... there's that, and there's War, Warcraft 3 Reforged, yeah. which again... It's, you can argue isn't a new game. It's an old it game that they're revamping and everything and bringing in. They don't have any like new IP stuff coming out or anything like that. And judging from... I think that maybe part of it has to do with... Ga- they had two places where they would do major game announcements. One of them was Gamescom and one of them was BlizzCon. And they would kind of split it between the two. And I'm wondering if they just don't have enough game announcements that are going to be ready in time for Gamescom. So they're just pushing everything to BlizzCon. I don't know. I, I Like I said today in a post I wrote that it's this year right now, Blizzard's biggest news story has been that they laid off a bunch of people. Yeah. And um, you kind of need to get some other stuff out there if you want people not to just be talking about that. Because that's right now... That is your biggest story of the year. You need to, you 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 sold it as yes, we're doing this, but we're doing this so we can reallocate our resources to development. Great. What are you developing? You at some point. Well, and I think you, I think that's part of the reason why when when they came out with a press release, they said that they're trying to focus on development. You can't just come up with boom idea for a game concept stuff overnight or anything like that. You need time to do it. So if they're focusing know, but, people on development and coming up with either new IPs or sequels to existing IPs or that kind of thing, then they're probably funneling people there to get as much done as possible to make sure that they have something really, really good to blow us all away with at BlizzCon. Because let's face it, last year's BlizzCon, not the best one for a lot of people. There were a lot of people that were disappointed with Diablo Immortal. I disagree, but I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinions and things. I, I really want to hear more about Immortal. Because the thing is, is like I was excited to hear about Immortal. I was excited at the idea of being able to play a, a Diablo title like on my phone or on my tablet. That sounds cool. I can go smash demons on my mobile systems. But the thing is, I was also excited for like Elder Scroll Blades. Because that's like a mobile game. And Blades right now is doing that whole sort of time-gated system thingy. And it's not as fun as I wanted it to be. And if that's what Diablo Immortal turns into, then no, I'm not probably not going to pick it up and I'm not going to like it. (laughs) One way or another, it's kind of hard to make a decision when you've heard nothing in a year. Very little. By the time, by the time BlizzCon comes out, it will have been a year since we've heard anything other than NetEase saying, well, we finished it. And that's the thing. NetEase did an earnings call where they straight up said, we have finished this game and now it's in, in Blizzard's hands. And we've heard nothing since. And I find myself wondering, why not? Uh, is it just a question of them wanting to make sure it's perfect? Is it a question of them wanting to let time pass so the the stigma of last year's BlizzCon dies down a bit? I What's think, the deal? I think they are probably applying their own polish to the game. Because the thing is, is I don't think Blizzard has ever really outsourced a game like that before, have they? 
Not since they were Sierra. Like I mean, yeah. like back when back when Blizzard did an expansion for Diablo, the original Diablo, called Hellfire, that was outsourced to Sierra. Oh, I forgot that's the about last that. time I can think of. That's the last time I think this they've ever let this kind of thing happen. And so, that this is a complete game. It's not an expansion to anything. Yeah, and and I think probably if you know they want to make sure the game looks right, it feels like Diablo. You know that kind. I I feel like they're putting their own polish on it at this point to make sure that it really feels like a Blizzard title and not something that Netties did with Blizzard characters. You know what I mean? No, I I do definitely think there's something to be said for that. Like that could certainly be possible. I just feel like at this point we have heard nothing, like yeah. literally nothing. So well, and, and the thing I, I do is, feel is, like I get what you're saying about development. I do yeah. understand that. I just think that at this point. With them pulling out of Gamescom, which keep in mind was in August. That's that weird means, that they did that. Yeah. But the thing is, is like it's so close to BlizzCon that I can see that the you know maybe they did it so that they had more time to make BlizzCon even better. You know what I mean? Well, let's talk about that because the BlizzCon tickets just went on sale. Yeah. And, well, uh, they aren't one on of the sale things... yet, but they will well, be but this. We weekend. know when they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. They're this weekend, we, they've been announced. This the. You, the time you can buy your tickets has been announced. Yeah. Uh, the, the, which means the date has been announced. Yep. And it's November 1st. 1st and 2nd. Yeah, which is, A, really close up on Halloween. Close, also, very early in, in November. Um, well, keep in mind that, like, typically speaking, the last BlizzCon that I went to was back in, was it 2017? I yeah, because you didn't go last year. Yeah. No, I didn't go the year before that either. Maybe it was 2016. Uh, the last one that I went to, though, uh, BlizzCon dates, yeah, it was 2016, because BlizzCon dates were the 3rd and 4th of November, Yeah, um, which was, I mean, Monday was Halloween, and then that week. So, I mean, it's it's typically always been like those first couple of weeks of November. Not surprised about that. It's just that the calendar this year happens to line up so that that Friday, or that Thursday and Friday, or that Friday and Saturday... It's that Friday and Saturday. That Friday and yeah. Saturday happens to be like the first Friday and Saturday of November are like hard upon November first so, and second. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping they work that into the Dark Moon Fair type stuff they do because, mm. quite frankly, people are going to have to pick between going to Halloween with their kids or going to BlizzCon. So, I mean, I when when 2016 rolled around, Halloween was that Monday. And that's when I left to start driving to California. So I didn't, I mean, I don't really do much for Halloween anyway, because I live on a mountain. We don't get trick-or-treaters or anything out here. Um, so it wasn't really like a big deal for me or anything, but I don't think it was a really big deal for other people either, because it was like, you know, beginning of the week. So I'm not shocked that it's the first and second, because it's typically... I thought it was a little early. I yeah. mean, I'm used to, like you said, usually the third or fourth. They could but have done the eighth and ninth, but that's okay. The one thing that gets me, though, is since we're talking about the fact that Gamescom's gone, I, I do think we need to think about what that means for BlizzCon. Uh, for one thing, it puts a lot of narrative weight on BlizzCon as the place you're going to find out what Blizzard is doing in the future. And there are certain things that I'm almost certain we're going to get. Like, I am positive we're going to hear about Warcraft 3 Reforged, um, specifically like a release date for it. I am confident they're going to come out with something for that. I know we're going to have a at least patch 8.3 news dump if not further like i know we're going to get a world of warcraft patch 8.3 we might get an end of expansion kind of overview 
yeah. for Battle for uh, Azeroth. I, I think that's that's very likely. Um, in terms of other games, Hearthstone, uh, I would not be surprised if they dropped a, an expansion. They they seem yeah, to they do that with relative do. frequency. Yeah. So that wouldn't surprise me. Um, Heroes, I don't know. Uh, I I get a weird sense that for all that they slim down the team and they they're not stopping heroes. And no. I feel like a lot of the, the fan the fan reaction was oh well heroes is dead, but it doesn't feel like that's what's going on. It definitely feels like they're just focusing more on on smaller scale stuff and less esports. So I do think we're going to hear something for heroes at BlizzCon this year. That's almost. I'm almost certain of that, that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, it may not be as big as previous years or anything, but I'm sure we'll hear something about that. And of course, you know, yeah. we're going to have the whole Overwatch World Cup tournament thing that's going to be going on. Yeah, I Overwatch have a League feeling, is pretty big. So Yeah, typically speaking at BlizzCon, that's when we either get a new hero or a new map, and I'm sure we'll see that for Overwatch as well. Maybe, maybe we'll see something exciting with the Overwatch IP. Maybe they're working on a new game for the Overwatch IP, or maybe they'll give us, like, I don't know, an animated series or something like that. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Don't... There's some stuff that has been out there in the ether and hasn't really materialized yet. One of them is the fact that this year, Blizzard registered a trademark at the U.S. Patented Trademark Office for a Diablo-related streaming, Diablo-related program to be on streaming services. Yeah, there was those rumors floating around about Diablo on Netflix. Yeah, whether or not the rumors are true, they did register this trademark. This is something that they have, that they, they went out and got. Why did they do that? I don't. I can't tell you because I don't have the information. I don't know, but that and the fact that we haven't heard much out of Diablo Immortal, it has the paranoid in me thinking that we're going to hear something big about Diablo at this BlizzCon. Because you remember last year, a lot of people were kind of talking, like they weren't saying it on the record, but they were. A lot of people were talking about how the next year's BlizzCon is going to be the one to go to. Yeah. If you go to a BlizzCon, go to next year's. Well, that's this year's BlizzCon. Mm Hmm. And so. I am suspicious. I, I'm never going to say we're getting Diablo 4 because they have proved me I wrong. I am. I am. They're going to give me Diablo 4. And I'm only saying that as a Diablo fan that really wants a game. Like, I wanted it last year, too. And we didn't get Diablo 4 last year, but we got Immortal. So I was kind of excited about that. Plus, they had that neat trailer that had you in it in barbarian form, which <laughs> I thought was pretty cool. But, like, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping... I think that this would be a good year for yeah. that group. Um, if Blizzard is has that up their sleeves, I really hope they decide to, to drop it. I hope they decide to, to imagine how big that BlizzCon would be. Typically the BlizzCon speaking, where they came out and announced Diablo 4. Typically speaking, when Blizzard does a womp womp, they usually come back with a vengeance to make up for it. And I'm going to point at Warlords of Draenor. Not a lot of people were super impressed with that expansion, myself included. Uh, we've talked about this like to death, so I'm really not going to mention it again. But they hit us with Legion, and Legion was one of the best expansions we've ever seen. So, I mean, they came back, and they came back with a vengeance, you know what I mean? And I feel like the same yeah. thing is going to apply to BlizzCon here. They never, they never want... BlizzCon is like a celebration of of Blizzard, but also like appreciation for its fans and things like that. They want everybody to have an amazing, wonderful time. And last year, that didn't quite happen that way. So I have a feeling they're throwing everything they have into making sure that this year's BlizzCon is just going to blow everyone away. Because that's what they do, you know? 
I, I definitely think it's going to be worth watching. Um, they, they've done a bunch of different kinds of ticketing packages this year. And I'll be upfront, I don't understand them. <laughs> like I looked at I it do. like three times going, my brain doesn't say I do. since there's, you do, okay, go for it. There's there's the standard BlizzCon pass. BlizzCon pass is going to be two hundred and thirty dollars. It's a little bit of a jump from last year's price, but not too much. And that gets you, you know, the BlizzCon pass so that you can go ahead and get in and everything. Probably also includes the virtual ticket. They didn't officially announce that, but all the BlizzCon passes usually include the virtual ticket and all the digital goodies and the goodie bag and all that other stuff. Um, I don't... They're doing something different this year with the rewards. They aren't doing the goodie bag, the typical goodie bag this year. This year, when you get your ticket, you can pick from one of two statues. There's an alliance statue and a horde statue, and they are amazing. And that's... See, I'm disappointed I can't get both so I can make them fight. Mm. Blizzard's Blizzard statues are very nice, and these look like no exception to that. Uh, they're, they're really beautiful. They are really beautiful. And I, I, I'm guessing, as with, you know, goodie bags that they had in previous years, they will have the statues for sale at some point, like in the BlizzCon store or something. So if you didn't get a BlizzCon ticket, you can still get your hands on the thing. Um, and I imagine they're probably going to be pretty expensive because blizzard statues are pretty expensive they're very good quality you guys like i have a couple and um yeah i love them to bits <laughs> but there's a second tier of passes this year and this is this is where it gets a little weird there's a portal pass the portal pass is 550 dollars, which make may make you go whoa that's a lot of money but extra stuff comes with it. You get everything in the basic pass, plus you get an entry to a night at the fair event in the Dark Moon Fair area the night before BlizzCon starts. So Halloween in the Dark Moon Fair is what you get with this. And that sounds cool. <laughs> I mean, if you're not doing anything else for Halloween, that's a pretty cool thing to do. Uh, you also get access to a special lounge with video feeds of the panels, as well as a rotating set of Blizzard employees and special guests that kind of show up throughout the day, which sounds a little bit like the press room. Um, for those of you that that don't know what goes on with BlizzCon or whatever, usually upstairs there's a press room that people that are in the press and covering the convention can go into and it has video feed of the convention and you can set up, there's usually stuff to eat there, that kind of thing, and it's specifically so you have some place far from the matting crowd where you can type and cover panels and that kind of thing. This sounds a little bit like that, minus the whole, oh, everybody's going to be hammering on their laptop thing. Um, But it's kind of nice because it gives you a break from the madness and there's a lot of madness that goes on but it also gives you access to the convention halls before the general admission preferred lines for registration and security and you get a preferred parking area um parking is kind of a nightmare so this is like this is a cool deal um and yeah it is more money i mean $550, that's like almost twice the price, but you get a lot of stuff with it. So if you feel like paying for that, they will have those available as well. And then they also have the BlizzCon Benefit Dinner. They do it every year. It includes everything from the Portal Pass and the BlizzCon Pass for $750. Plus you also get to eat at a special dinner with Blizzard employees before the show. You get a signed art print and reserve seating for the opening ceremony and community night on the first day of the show. All of the proceeds, the net proceeds for the benefit dinner pass go to the Orange County Children's Hospital. So it's a charity thing. That's why it's called the BlizzCon Benefit Dinner. Um, and that's pretty cool, too. Um, I've never done the benefit dinner. 
I, I imagine it's probably like a you experience it once. It's really cool, you know, as like a treat for you or whatever. But it's a really cool opportunity to sit down and talk with developers and things that you may not have like access to. Uh, there's two dates for ticket sales. One is on May 4th. That is this week uh, at 10 a.m. Pacific and another on May 8th at 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, they're using access which is like a different kind of way to sign up so uh if you're planning on getting in to do blizzcon tickets or whatever you may want to go register with that website before beforehand so that you know you can just log in that's axs.com slash blizzcon 2019 they have all the details for it um yeah that's pretty much how it works i am wondering if this year, like they did last year, they are going to have like one of those last chance sales in the fall, like they did. You know how they did that last year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they they had some tickets left over, so yeah, they did a, yeah. a last sale. Yeah, that would be nice. I don't, I wouldn't count on it, but yeah, it would be nice if they did that. Yeah, it is. Um, it's expensive. It doesn't matter what pass you get; it's expensive. Keep in mind that even the BlizzCon pass that costs two two hundred and thirty. On top of that, you still have to pay for like the hotel and the travel and all that other and food while you're there. That's and everything else. one pass too. The thing so is, if you're going with a friend or so, or your spouse, yeah, or whatever, then and you, you can go ahead and you know double up on hotel rooms or whatever, pack in with a bunch of people, hang out with your guild, that kind of thing. Uh, the point is, BlizzCon is one of those experiences that if you haven't experienced it and you really love Blizzard games, you should probably experience it because it's really cool hanging out with a bunch of people who are nerds just like you. And that's really all I have to say about that. I don't know about that Portal Pass thing. I I understand it. Like, I get it, because the whole tiered pricing thing for better perks, okay, I get it. This is the first year they've done that, though, so I'm curious how that's going to work out. Yeah, I, I'm barely, I'm at the point where I'm sitting here trying to figure out if I can possibly afford to go to this thing once in my life, <laughs> uh, but there's no way I'm doing the portal pass. I cannot, I cannot yeah. justify that money. I don't have it. But yeah, since we talked about that, that's pretty cool. We should talk about another WoW related thing. Um, WoW Classic, they've been talking a lot about it. I feel, I feel like we're going to get a, a, a beta test any day now because they were been doing the uh, the closed alpha or internal for friends, alpha you know, thing. Yeah. They're doing the employee one. I'm pretty sure we're gonna hear about our friends and family fairly soon. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, uh, I think you wrote this story in. I'm not sure, but no, they I basically do not. okay. I like I said. I, I However, I have looked over they, this stuff. So they uh they're not going to do the rollout in stages in terms of gear quality. It's not going to be like the the gear comes out in the form it was when it first launched and then gets patched as the expansion rolls along, as the uh, game rolls along. It's going to be the patch 1.12 version of every item. Yeah. So, so the final form before Burning Crusade came out. For those that might be confused by this, back when the game first came out and these sets first started being released sometimes there were stats on the gear that didn't make a lot of sense. Um, they gave an example in the blue post where they were talking about the Tier 2 Warrior Helm of Wrath. It mm -hmm. originally had spirit and agility on it, both of which are odd choices for a warrior, um, but not... I mean, agility? Okay, I get agility if you're, if you're doing like a DPS spec, but spirit... Um, uh, the, the the warrior gear was notorious mm -hmm. in in early World of Warcraft, and I'm talking about early World of Warcraft here, where warrior gear would have some of the strangest itemization. 
Uh, Paladin and gear it too. There were, that was part of the problem. Like Paladin gear had a ton of spirit. A lot of paladins would actually paladins that were set up for healing, they would go out and get cloth gear because it was better itemized than their plate gear. A lot better. Yeah. I mean, this is there's a dress that dropped an AQ. Yeah. That the paladins and priests were literally knifing each Just other in alleys. Fighting over. over. Fighting over. Yeah. Viciously fighting over. <laughs> and, you know, for every priest who would be like that's a cloth piece. It's for me. There'd be a paladin going. It's the only good piece for this, for my you know healing set, and yeah. I'm healing here, so I have to get it. We had a we had a druid. So. We had a druid who was playing boomkin, which was not really something that you did in vanilla. Usually, if you were a druid in vanilla, what you did was you went healing and you threw all your points in healing so that you could get innervate, and you'd get innervate so that you could cast it on other people. <laughs> it was just druids were not that great in vanilla for a while. They did they did a couple of passes where they came out better and they started working better, but because everybody had that initial impression that druids were there pretty much for healing and they weren't really up to d pumping out raid DPS or that kind of thing, the other two specs really weren't looked on as favorably. So we had a druid in my guild who went to was it I think it was Blackwing Lair. They took the cloth helm off of Nefarian, and I forget the name of it. It was like a turban or something like that. Um, and the casters were fighting over it, and they gave it. They gave the cloth helm, the cloth spellcaster DPS helm, to the druid. <laughs> and there was like a giant explosion about that, and people were really upset about that. Um, point is, gear was really weird in Classic because it was a brand new game. Things like stat weights and what stats are good for which thing. It was all stuff that hadn't really been. I mean, it basically, if you wanted about, to know, but... yeah, if if you wanted to know what was good for your gear, yeah, there was one guy on the forums who probably had a spreadsheet, yeah, that you would go look at, and then another person would argue that his spreadsheet was not good and you shouldn't use it, and that was basically it. I mean, sites like Alakazam and Thoughtbot did not analyze that kind of stuff for no you. they gave you what the item yeah. was or they would give you like quest text if you were going to look for a quest or something like that but that was the extent of it and if you look at wowhead now and what thoughtbot was back then it's like two completely different animals uh yeah. thoughtbot does a lot of they'll go through and and like pull reports and things like that to to like point out itemization and that kind of thing they're kind of gotten really good at it so the point here is though that the database that they're pulling from and this is why i think this is happening i mean yes part of it is because like of the reasons that they listed in the blue post but i think that the other part of the reasons is or the other part of the reason the one that they didn't really say here back at blizzcon they had this whole um, thing about how, how they were building Classic and the template that they found of Classic that they are using to recreate the game is from 1.2. So all of the 1.12. Yeah, 1.12, excuse me. Um, all of the gear, all of the items, everything that exists in that database is has already been updated to be itemized for 1.12. That's That's the version of it. It doesn't have the older versions in it. That's really not a terrible thing because um, 
nobody really i mean warriors don't really want spirit on their gear to begin with so it's kind of cool like, that... <laughs> there's there's like a very few artifacts of the game that made it as far as 1.12 in terms of wonky itemization of one the of them whale is like the edge, <laughs> yeah the edge master's hand guards which were male gloves that every warrior wanted yeah. Um, because they had they had weapon skill boosts on them. This is back before expertise existed. You gotta remember, expertise is a stat that's been going for years, but it existed at a very specific time to do much of the same thing. But this is before even that. The Edge Master's you had handguards to level had, your weapon skill. <laughs> yeah. Edge Master's handguards had bonus weapon skill on them for several weapons. Um as a result of that, they made it so you didn't miss and they, they helped you change the the table on bosses. So they were amazing tank gloves. Yeah. A lot of tanks would wear them on anything where threat was an issue. Uh, tanks would wear it would drop a set piece to wear these gloves. Those are going to be in 1.12 because those made it all the way to the end of the game without getting changed. But let's like, Anne mentioned the warrior helmet with spirit. Uh, there was, there was a lot of like leather that didn't have agility that they then put agility on because yeah. it instead it had attack power on it. And if there was leather with attack power on it, warriors would take it. And... Yeah, in the example that they say in the blue post, I, originally that Helm of Wrath, it had spirit and agility on it. In 1.5, that stat budget was changed to stamina, strength, and defense. along Because it like, was a tanking hat, yeah. Elemental resistances, because everything in there had elemental resistances. And then in patch 1.7, the amount of defense on the helm was reduced. In 1.8... The five-piece set bonus that included the helm, it was fixed to work with Whirlwind, and in 1.9, it got a better look. They had an art update, um, yeah. and they had an art update on all of those sets. But, like, WoW Classic is just going to take that last version of the item, so you're not going to see any wonky stuff that's got spirit and agility on it or whatever. Trust me, I actually feel more, I'm more happy about the fact that the art update is getting in, Yeah, because trust me... As cool as it might be to get to go see the Molten Core gear looking the way it originally looked. It was really ugly, you guys. Yeah. It was, was so like, ugly. <laughs> the Wrath set looked like a set of level 60 greens. Yeah. For a while before the preset, they updated it. The preset was pretty. It was... um. You know, you know the dresses that you can get in AQ40, the ones with the cutouts on the side, the little bikini top thing? It was that, but it was an orange one. And I thought it was really pretty, but my friend that got it, he played a Forsaken Priest, and it looks real weird on a Forsaken. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, when they updated it and, and changed what it looked like. I mean, there's just, there's a lot. There's there's a lot that they changed and they updated from the point where the game was released to where we saw it in 1.12. And since stuff like graphic updates art updates that doesn't really affect gameplay or anything like that so okay don't care um the stuff with the stats and how the stats changed honestly you should be thanking your lucky stars that we're getting the 1.12 version because the original versions yeah. really weren't that great <laughs> in a lot of cases it's minor but in a lot of cases it, it changed the set to actually be useful so yeah i but I don't think if you were expecting them to come out with like the earlier terrible stuff and then patch it throughout the expansion and throughout the game as they went on, I you're going to be disappointed. So be aware up front. They're not doing that. Uh, and I don't blame them. This is already a ton of work to bring back a game from mm -hmm. 2004. I don't think they should actually have to do all the work they did back in 2004. I, I do think at some point that you have to be 
aware of compromises being made so that this thing can actually happen. And that, like I said, so. there are limits to how far back they can go because that original template that they found, it was the 1.12 template. So there was already some stuff in there that was lost. Um, and we don't, I don't think they have anything older than that. It was when they talked about it at BlizzCon, it was a really fascinating panel, but when they talked about it at BlizzCon, they kind of lucked into it. They lucked into finding it. It was like in a garage somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, it was like on some old server blades or something along those lines. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, they they, they really lucked into finding it, and they were really lucky that they found it, because it was like the only one that they found. So, yeah, um, that's how that's going to work. Okay. Um, Pretty much one last story we can talk about really fast, and then we can get on to some emails. Uh, Mm -hmm. Blizzard recently banned a bunch of players for uh, altering the the World of Warcraft displays on their in their game. And then they unbanned them because the things that they did weren't tremendously harmful. It's basically like changing the way that older armor sets look on your character or lighting or what have you. It's still stuff that's been prohibited for a long time. Uh, in fact, going back to, to, to classic, back in, in the, the original days, that, that's when they made this stuff bannable because people were using similar stuff to alter the game world. Uh, and the one I remember it's model swapping software. So basically you have your character, it looks a certain way and there are certain add-ons and things that you can get from people. And this is against the terms of service. You're not supposed to do this, but there are people who will get this stuff and make it so that their model looks prettier, you know, kind of customize their model a little bit. So like that awkward vanilla gear that stretches weird on a character, they kind of resized it. So it looks correct. Um, and yeah, there were some people who said, hey, you know what? If I can change what the model looks like, then I can make the flag in Warsong Gulch look three times its size so I can see where it is on the map at any given point in time. Yeah, there are people who did that. There, um, The one I remember, because I remember people getting banned for it at the time, mm-hmm. was people were making nodes yes. for, like, I think at the time it was uh, Arcanite, yeah. the, the old Arcanite nodes and making them like massive yeah. so you could see them from across the zone uh it didn't make them easier to click on but it made it easier to find them and keep in mind that at the time people were desperately trying to mine that stuff yeah so, it was really yes. it, you couldn't share nodes or anything like that if you found it you found it and yeah, yeah it was it was one of those things that also sold for a lot on the auction house so yeah they restricted the use of that kind of thing and banned a lot of people that were using it people are still using it they've just found ways around it and some people are still using it just for you know doing model edits or whatever some people are using it for slightly more adult purposes some people are apparently using it to cheat the game and it's the kind of thing it's the kind of software that could let you do things like botting and automation and things like that that blizzard really frowns on so basically they did this wide sweep thing where anybody that was using this type of software was like banned and then the hue and outcry piped up because there were a lot of people who weren't using this for any kind of malicious purpose or anything. They just wanted to make their gear look right. So they reversed the bands and I think they turned it into like warnings for the people that were using the model stuff. Yeah, they did. Um, And I understand like, you know, as somebody who doesn't, I don't use a lot of old vanilla models for the very reason a lot of these people don't, you know, we're using this software because mm-hmm. they do sit weird. They look strange on your character. They're stretched um, a little oddly, particularly with the new models that came out when they revamped the models in Warlords of Draenor. Um, some of the gear doesn't look like it used to. It stretches odd because the models themselves have kind of changed their shape and how they stand or, you know, 
how their bodies are put together, that kind of thing. And it doesn't look quite quote unquote right. So people want to tweak it. They want to make it look pretty. Um, I don't see anything wrong with that. But the thing is, is it's really hard to delineate between people that are using this for innocent reasons because they want to make the characters old gear look pretty and people that are using it for botting. <laughs> yeah, I'm right now, for instance, if you're watching the stream and if you're listening to this recorded, you're not. But if you're watching the stream, I've brought up one of the breastplates in question on my character so you can see it. Um, you can see what Which the problem is. Which one is it? Is. Uh, hold on, I will tell you exactly what it is. Oh, that's a it glorious. It is the glorious breastplate. Yeah. Yeah. And as you can <laughs> I'm like, see, I glanced it, at it, it and I could tell you what it was. I'm, I'm... You can tell by sit, You can just tell by looking at it. It sits. I need fine. help. <laughs> I know what these set pieces yeah. are by looking at them. Okay. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, it's it's. I get why people do it. They want yeah. their character to look pretty, and this is something that I've talked about before when I strongly advocate that they drop like the transmog limitations and offer more options and customization custom you know that kind of thing to transmog because people are really really into making their character look nice that's yeah, what this all boils just... down to is just people yeah. want to make their character look nice it, it's a, the thing is it's not even just a question of making it look pretty it's making it look right for lack of a better word, making Correct. it look like, you know, why why am I wearing a breastplate that's that looks like a really bad halter? Why are my pauldrons look, floating yeah. three inches above my character's shoulders? Yeah, there, so I understand that there's a limited amount of resources Blizzard can put into constantly fixing every graphical tweak imaginable, um, especially in a game that is, you know, that's been around since 2004. There's, there's going to be times where you're just going to have to accept this kludge is good enough. And I get why people want to run software to fix it. I certainly would like to. But unfortunately, it has too many other ramifications. It can do too much else. So, yeah. It, I feel don't, like... If, you, if you're going to do it, don't do it because you're going to end up getting banned. They're going to ban people next time and they're going to be serious about it. Yeah. They've given people the warning. Don't Don't rely on getting a warning before you get banned. Just don't use it. I know it's annoying, but don't use it because it... Blizzard can't differentiate between whether or not you're making your shoulders sit correct or your pauldrons sit correctly on your shoulders or your botting. And they're going to assume botting. Um, it's against the terms of service. That's pretty much it. That's what it boils down to. It's against the terms of service. So they have full authority to go ahead and do that. Um, so don't risk it. Just don't risk it. I would say, though, as like an addition to that, to Blizzard, maybe when you're done doing all of these model updates, because I know that Goblins and Worgen are on the list here, um, and we haven't heard anything more about that in a while. I keep expecting to hear more about that, and we haven't Yeah, just 8.2.5 8. was the last we heard about that. Mm -hmm. But um, when they're done with all of those model updates, I'm wondering if they could get a team that could go back to those vanilla and Burning Crusade era models. Because really, Wrath was right where it started getting good, and it started looking decent. It's just the really old stuff that looks weird because it was from, you know, the original couple of expansions of the game, the, the original game and then the first expansion. Because um, the first expansion, most of the gear in the first expansion was just reused models from the original. It would be nice if they could go back and, like, update those. And it doesn't have to be, like, a full graphic update or anything. Just tweak them, make them look right. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you can see what people are doing with the software to make them sit properly. It's if it's not, it's a lot of work, 
but it's not like it requires you to go back and completely redesign the model. It just, it's a question of making it sit properly. So, but yeah, uh, I guess at this point we should probably try to do at least a couple of emails. Yep. Uh, if you have an email for the show, uh, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch in it. So we know it's for this show. Um, and usually reads them for us. So if you don't mind taking it on, Ian. Okay. Our first email is from anonymous and they have written a novel. So I'm going to read the TLDR that they helpfully put at the top of the email here. They said, hello, blizzard watchers, TLDR. Do you think the Alliance will get a new or repurposed capital city to deal with the influx of people in Stormwind? The novel goes on to point out that Stormwind is not just the human capital now. Survivors from Darnassus are there. Survivors from Gilneas are there. There's a lot of there's a lot of different groups that are in Stormwind right now. And what they're wondering is, like, if the Alliance is going to get... Do we think that the Alliance is going to get a new capital city to deal with that? What do you think, Rossi? I I don't know because... I honestly don't think I don't think the status quo of this expansion can last forward. I don't think the Night Elves would accept losing Kalimdor. It's their home. It's been their home for 10,000 years. There is no way they're going to accept being exiled from it. And if you read like the in-game mission table stuff, they're fighting there right now. Like Oh yeah. They just they well, went I mean, into Dark Shore hard. Yeah. yeah. There's no way they're going to back out. The, there's just it isn't going to happen. So I don't think, on the one hand, if they do stay in, in Kalimdor, they almost certainly need a new place to live. I mean, they didn't all live in Darnassus. Darnassus was a, it was a central location for them to go to, but it wasn't where, you know, it, thank, thankfully it's I mean, not where Dark the majority Shore, of... Ashenvale, yeah. they were all over there, up in Felwood, yeah. there were some Feralus. up in Felwood, Feralus, yeah. yeah. And thank, thank, thankfully they didn't all live there because then they'd all be dead. Um, it, as it was, it was a huge loss. They lost thousands of people. Uh, in terms of what would happen next, I, I would like it if possibly um, Feathermoon Stronghold became like a real capital, like an actual this is where we live now type place. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's what would happen. I have like literally anything could happen. This is the expansion that for all for all that sometimes people try and make this expansion sound like it's a retread. This is the expansion where I honestly have no idea what's going to happen next. Like, are they going to just reclaim Gilneas? Uh, I mean, what? Like, you know, there's there's so many different possibilities. I really don't know. I do think that they need to do something for both Horde and Alliance. Uh, I think the Horde, too. You can't just take Undercity out and then, like, like what? Now do the, the Forsaken have to live in Orgrimmar forever? They have to, like, they're in the basement. They're in, like, you know, Garrosh's old dugout, you know, basement place. I, I don't. I don't feel like you can leave it there, but I don't know what they do. Well, I mean, I, it's I a new Undercity, technically, because they are under yeah. the city, but still. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. You could even establish that in the lore that the Forsaken Capital City is literally under Orgrimmar. It's now, this, this is now new Undercity, and we live here now. I don't know that they would do that, but, I mean, you could, I guess. I mean, I, I feel like it's this is a situation where... Taking myself out as a player, as someone who plays mostly Alliance and just looking at it, I feel like both factions need to get something at the end of this. Especially if we're trying to, like, eventually coming to the conclusion that this cycle of hatred has to be stopped once and for all. I mean, who knows? If they took it far enough, maybe both factions would get one city. Imagine if they built an embassy city where both factions had a presence. And they actually t- had ambassadors that talked to each other and tried to keep hostilities from breaking out again. New Theramore. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. 
I, and I, I think that's one of the things I've kind of, I've grown to admire about this expansion, uh, whether or not you like some of the systems or what have you, this expansion has been, has taken the story in places it has never been before. And I don't know where it's going. Slowpoke as a gamer is pointing out in the chat channel that Horde is in a far worse position, honestly, because Tears Fall is basically a ripped up war zone and blighted. I would like to point out that Darnassus is ashes. <laughs> like, it's just gone, Bad. dude. It's not even a yeah. model. In it. It's a painting on the horizon. Yeah. I think Keep they're both pretty Tildrasil, bad off at this point. <laughs> Teldrassil was a complete zone. Yeah. It wasn't just the capital city. It was a complete starting zone that took you up to like level 15, uh, just like yeah. um, the Tears Fall Glades. And it's gone, gone. I don't. Maybe at the end of the expansion, the tree will magically burst back into being a big magic tree. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't we, feel we like up, Malfurion would be too cool with that. I, I don't we, know. We blew up one world tree and it grew back. I don't know that what's going to happen here. I think it would but, be cool if they re- reestablished themselves up on Hyjal. I think that'd be neat. But, you know, that's me. Yeah. Well, possibly in Hyjal, possibly down to Feathermoon. But I do think that Terrasfall is still there. And whilst there is a big blight infested, you know, war scar ripped right through the zone, you could theoretically resettle it. What like you could come up like the Forsaken are the ones who came up with a blight, so I'm sure they could come up with a way to deal with like Jaina came up with a way to deal with it. Freeze it. Freeze it, it falls to the ground, you clean it up. I mean, they have mages, none of them are Jaina level, but they do have them. They could theoretically, you know, do something. I'm not saying that they should move it back into to Undercity. I'm not and I don't know that that's what they do, but I do feel like there needs to be something. There needs to be, they can't just each side, we're just keeping this one, you're just keeping that one. Here's, I don't feel like that's the way it can go. Here's where I'm sitting right now. I feel like the Alliance should either A, take back Gilneas, because Gilneas has a bunch of really fascinating art assets and stuff that really haven't been utilized a lot. And I love the buildings and I love the way it looks. And I think it would be really cool if... Gen finally got his kingdom back because it would be great if Gen finally got his kingdom back. <laughs> I'm just saying, I really like Gilneas, but in the event that Gilneas is not a possibility, I think it would be cool if they pulled in the Red Dragonflight, cleared out Lordaeron, and established it. Rebuilt Lordaeron as an alliance stronghold. I think it'd be neat. Um, do I think they're going to do that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I think that the way things are right now, I don't think they're going to keep everybody in Stormwind. And I don't think that they're going to keep everybody in Orgrimmar either. I think there's far too much going on with fluctuating tensions with Sylvanas and what Sylvanas is doing. And we don't know where that's going to end up at the end of the expansion. Uh, we don't know if people are still going to be okay with her being Warchief. Or even okay with the Forsaken being in the Horde at all, for that matter. So it's kind of too early to say anything. And I know, Rossi, you mentioned this too. It, it This is the first expansion in a very long time where it's not clear what direction that they're going. And I feel like I have to point out that the writing staff that they have for this expansion, the people that they have in creative development for this expansion, it's an entire... It's not a brand new crew, but a lot of the old names that were responsible for prior expansions. Uh, you got Kosak, he's over on Hearthstone now. Mickey Nielsen, he's gone. You've got, uh, well, Metzen. Metzen retired. Uh, let's see, who else was in there? James Waugh, he, he's working for, I think he's working for, um, he's doing Star Wars stuff now, I think, if I remember correctly. 
Uh, there's yeah, we a lot lost of, Rob Pardo a while back. Rob Pardo's I mean, gone. A lot of the old people, the old guard that that originally came up with these stories and did the story development stuff and, and you know wrote these expansions and stuff, they're not there anymore. And we've got a new team of people that are working on this stuff and kind of directing this stuff. Obviously, Afrasiabi, he's been there. I mean, he's been there for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he's, he's there right now. Yeah, but yeah. we got like Steve Danuser. We've got you know, there's a lot of new people. Not Steve isn't that new. Uh, no, he's been working there for a while. He's been he's been working there for a while. Between torturing me about getting shoulders, he's been there. <laughs> but you just kind of have to look at the context of when we were looking at these old stories and how these old stories used to work. And I don't know about you, but when I was looking at them, what I was looking at were the stories that came before. Because typically, with any author, when they they have a pattern to their writing, there's just a pattern to their writing. And if you can kind of differentiate that pattern, you could kind of see where the story's going to go. I don't know where the story's going to go right now because I don't know these authors. <laughs> yeah, it comes down to are they, you know, are they willing to break what's been part of WoW forever? Are they willing to, to deviate? I think they How absolutely are. They are. To... I think they absolutely yeah. are. And I think that the start of Battle for Azeroth has really proven that. This yeah, isn't... but there's still there's yeah. still a question of how far. Because there's there's one possibility for this that they could do that I think would literally shock everyone. I don't even think I would. I think my dry jaw would drop, hit the floor, and go through the floor if they did it. And that that possibility would be at the end of this expansion, there's no more alliance and no more horde, and just everybody is working together. Can you imagine if they did that? Nobody like think I can say it, but then I, I immediately recoil from it. I think it. we need to go. I think we need to go to the second email here because that actually addresses this. So why don't okay. we do that? Uh, this one is from Maven, who's a Drenai hunter from Sentinels, who says, Hello, Watchers. I have a theory about what the next WoW expansion might look like, and I wanted to see if you guys think that it's likely. We're now further away from Cataclysm than Cataclysm was to WoW's launch. Way to make me feel old, Maven. Thank you. Uh, this yeah, thanks. Help- I'll just be over here. <laughs> silently rotting on the rocking chair on my porch. Anyway, this coupled with the acknowledgement that the timeline while questing is a bit broken means that we may be in for a big world shakeup. Perhaps the landscape will change once again, or maybe this time they will go and revamp Outlands. Who knows? I also think that we're in for other big changes as well. Ian has talked about how the devs are talking about level squishing, so I think that's something that would make it into a big world changing expansion as well. But most importantly, I think the next expansion would be the one to change us to a single faction. It's been rolling around in the back of my mind since last November when Mitch and Dan interviewed Alex Afrasiabi, speaking of Afrasiabi. He says, what do you guys think? Thanks, Maven, Dratnai Hunter, Sentinels. Um, we've discussed this before, haven't we? Was it on Lore Watch? Yeah. I think we've it was on Lore about Watch. It. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah. In Lore Watch, I think the discussion hinged on the idea that this expansion could end in a, in a place where Sylvanas wins, gets everything she wants, and the Horde and Alliance that don't, you know, the Alliance and then the Horde that don't back her kind of have to work together because she's, you know, she's a massive threat to all life. And, you know, there's there would be Forsaken who finally have to pick between Sylvanas and the world, essentially. It's finally like, yeah, you can go join the Dark Lady or you can actually, you know, continue to to exist in a world with with people who are alive. And we've talked about it. I don't... It's very hard to think about. Like, as it's just so much part of what I think of as World of Warcraft is this faction divide. The idea of it going away, even temporarily, or even still existing but in a weaker form, it's hard to to think about. 
I believe that episode where we talked about it was uh, episode 95 of Lore Watch. Um, so if you haven't listened to Lore Watch at all, maybe go check that one out because it was a good episode. But we talked about this situation where the possibility exists that maybe we're going to get rid of the Alliance and the Horde. And that would be breaking things. That would certainly be breaking things. Um, I don't think it's a necessarily a bad idea, though. No, I mean, there's certainly... <sighs> One of the things players have been saying since well before Cataclysm, uh, so getting even older here, uh, is that being able to play with your friends is important. And making it so my friend really wants to play an orc so I can't play the night elf I've always wanted to play kind of isn't good. It doesn't feel good. For all it preserves, there's a certain flavor to World of Warcraft. There's a flavor to the setting, and you want to keep it, but at what point we're always hearing that games trump story when it comes to things that, you know, we, we want to have, but that we don't get, why can't we for once have game trump story when it's something we want to have, that's a game mechanic and not a story mechanic. And I feel like that I should point out, this goes all the way back to vanilla because in the original iteration of the game, you could roll Alliance or you could roll horde. There was no faction switching. There was no character switch. You couldn't pay you also couldn't pay to move a character from server to server. You you made a character and that was your character. And that was that. Um, and if you wanted to yep. start on the other faction, then you had to go back to square one and start all over again. And the leveling process was a very lengthy process. Um, it involved a lot of... I, I love the leveling guys from back then because it was basically get to level 40, go to Desilus, now grind on these skeletons until you hit level 42. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there was I all remember. these sections where it was like the fastest way to do this is go to this area and kill these mobs for X amount of hours. <laughs> there was a there was a seriously like I was remember I being advised back in the game to go to Tenaris mm-hmm. and kill scorpids because oh, yeah. it was either and, ten- and to take take leather working when you did it because leather, scorpid leather was extremely valuable. Yeah. So you'd go and you'd kill scorpids and you'd skin them and you'd you know you'd sell the leather on the auction house. Anyway, and the that point. Was, yeah. Going back to that, there were people on the forums who were kind of a little bit discouraged because they rolled on Horde and their friends rolled on Alliance or vice versa. And they wanted to play with their friends on Horde, but they didn't want to have to re-level from level one because that was just, it was a really lengthy process. So people, I remember there was this really long uh, suggestion thread thing on the server that I was on where somebody was talking about introducing a defector quest line where you would have to grind reputation with the other faction and in doing so you would lose reputation with your faction so you would grind alliance reputation and your reputation with the horde factions would go down and there would be a point somewhere in the middle where nobody liked you and the only place you could do anything would be in goblin towns but if you worked through it enough, you'd get to the point where your character could flip to the other faction if they wanted to. And a lot of people were like, wow, that's a really cool idea. Wow, I really want to do that. Um, never came to pass, because why? Um, and eventually they did allow people to, like, you know, swap their characters. You can swap to a different server. And then after that, they came out with a way where people could pay to go ahead and change their their character from alliance to horde and vice versa um it's not it's not a new idea people want to play with their friends 
Like that yeah. that's what WoW boils down to is people want to play with their friends. And if their friends are someplace where they can't play or they have to work really hard to get to play there or it's someplace they don't like to play like oh I don't know on a PVP server, they'll they'll suck it up and do what they got to do, but they really wish that it was easier. And we've seen those kind of things like they got rid of PVP servers. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot to make it easier, and I feel like to a certain degree it's just been this is the final change they would need to make. Uh, here's the thing. I mean, we're talking about this. There's a reason I play a ton of Warriors. People make fun of it. They they think yeah. it's goofy on my part. But the, it all started because I played in vanilla. And I had friends. Who, every time I'd meet somebody who wanted to play WoW, they were on a different server. And back then, I couldn't change my character to be on their server. There was no way to do that. The only time you could move servers was when they did specific server migrations to to beef up the population on a server so i had to roll again and again and again that's why i my original six warriors were all just me wanting to play with friends yep that's it that's so these things the changes can happen i think this would be the change that i i still don't quite expect it i don't think it will happen but at the same time i'm like why can't i think that it will happen am i just too am i too used to the way things have been am i that that donkey that has so much weight on its back that when it takes it off, its spine is bent. And, you know, that's the only time the donkey knows that the weight's been taken off. I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like the end of this expansion needs to shake things up. I think you're right in that big changes feel like they're coming. I just don't know what they are. I I certainly don't know if it's going to be a level squish. They've talked about level squishing, but that doesn't mean they're going to do it. It certainly doesn't mean they're going to do it this expansion. Um, but it is something they've discussed. At this point, I feel like we're almost heading into World of Warcraft is going to be a World of Warcraft 2.2, like a, like World of Warcraft 2 without being World of Warcraft 2. Like I feel like they've done that before, in fact. Like we're actually kind of on World of Warcraft 4 or 5 right now. So yeah, I definitely think there's there's something to your question. I think there is definitely a something big is coming. This game came out in 2004. It's 2019. It's 15 years old. If this game wants to continue being a powerhouse and being something that can pull in players, it needs to keep evolving. And this is probably one of the most drastic ways that it could evolve. We've seen stuff like this happen before where there was like a really big shift in how the game was played. We saw it in Wrath when they introduced the group finder and all of a sudden, instead of sitting on your own individual servers piping up in trade chat going, hey, anybody want to go run Stratholm or whatever for hours and hours and hours on end, you could hit a button, find a group of people, and go do a dungeon. That kind of changed how people played in a really significant kind of way. And at this point, it's hard to imagine what it was like before that. It's hard to... It's hard to imagine what the game was like before looking for raid for some people, for the raid finder. And that came in at the end of Cataclysm. But that also kind of changed the way the game was played. You didn't have to be in an elite guild somewhere if you wanted to go look at raid content anymore. You could go do it with people that weren't necessarily in a raid guild and see what there was to see. And that was a really cool thing that came in and kind of changed the face of the game as well. Let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. I know we kind of have to close up fairly soon. But yeah, we're running over, um, but I don't care. This is a good let, topic. <laughs> let me think. Let me ask you: Do you think the fact that WoW Classic is going to exist frees them up? Yeah. 
it makes it like they Absolutely. can finally let go of these things? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. Because in WoW Classic, you have a snapshot of that game as it used to be. And World of Warcraft was built on the foundation of Alliance versus Horde. It was built from the, with that from the ground up. But even back in vanilla, like prior to Battlegrounds, the Horde and the Alliance weren't really at each other's throats so much. There were zones where maybe it happened a little bit, but there were still, there were quests out there. Thrall would send you out to go save Magni's daughter in an attempt to improve Horde relations with the dwarves. Like, there was points where they were kind of trying to reach out and make this whole resolution happen, and then it never happened. And every expansion after that, it's been... These guys are at each other's throats. Oops, there's a big bad. We should unite and fight the big bad. And then after that, there's like a little period of calm. And then everything all breaks loose again. You saw it with Burning Crusade. We went we, we went to Outland. We all worked together to beat, you know, uh, Kael'thas and everything that was going on with that. And then we came back. And in Wrath, we had like that period of calm where everybody was working towards defeating the Lich King. But at the same time, we had Garrosh in there who was, you know, bringing the tensions up to a head. And in Cataclysm, it kind of exploded a little bit. And then everybody had to work together to get rid of death. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. That cycle can only happen so many times before people get really tired of it. And I know that the game was built on a foundation of Alliance versus Horde, but maybe it's time to evolve beyond that and do what they've been kind of quietly trying to do with every expansion since. Give people more opportunities to play with each other. That's all. That's how I feel about it anyway. Sorry. Yeah, I... I... I no, I. Sorry I'm about really it. passionate to... about this topic. Okay. <laughs> I I don't think we're in disagreement. I just yeah. my my thing is just the the weight of contemplating that shift kind of always throws me. Like I think about what it would be like if I could just play with my horde friends without having to listen to the endless back and forth discussions of which side is better and just play. Yeah. Like, I'd like to just have that be there. Um. So yeah, I. I don't I don't think that I'm in disagreement with any of that. I would love to. I think at this point, it could happen with WoW Classic out there. You you if you don't want that, if you want to go back to the original, if you want it to be Horde versus Alliance, they, there's the place for you. So I feel like maybe that's the one last thing we needed to to be able to make that switch, to be able to have that evolution. You needed that snapshot of the way it used to be, so people can have that experience if that's what they want. I just I feel like we're on the brink of something really big and I feel like whatever that next expansion is going to be it's going to be something that completely blows us all away in a wow I can't believe they're doing this kind of thing no pun intended but you know wow no gotcha anyway, uh, that wraps us up for emails though we are running over so we should probably <laughs> wind up the show here uh, Blizzard Watch it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience thank you Anne uh, guys again this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast if you have a sh- email for the podcast please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzard watch in the subject line and if you can try and cut it down to a tldr please do i mean we love getting your emails but when they're as long as some of them are it's real hard to answer them i mean you, you saw you saw what happened just with this show uh so yeah we like please. to go off on tangents anyway so you know yeah, whatever just, just give us a tldr tr- so we got the gist of it we're good yeah that, <laughs> that helps 
Um, but yeah, this has been the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're so glad you guys are here every week because otherwise this would just be the two of us talking. And while that's fun, it's not a podcast. We're going to be here next week. So we hope you are too. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kyla Tsinas. Kyla Tsinas. I'm Kyla Tsinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.